Well, thanks so much, Jeff, for joining me today. Super excited to talk about your vision for, for Work for Impact and, and what you've gone through the last you know, few years running a you know, freelance sort of marketplace for you know, nonprofits and socially conscious businesses. Obviously, the world has had quite a transition to remote work. But before Work for Impact, talk a little bit about your, your career path and your journey before you started Work for Impact. Thanks, Grant. It's great to be here today. I really appreciate you having me here. The interrelationship between my path the last sort of 20 years and Work for Impact. So maybe I'll sort of rewind to there. I'm a pilot, so I flew commercially for a very long time. And through a series of events about 20 years ago, I ended up in Ethiopia, in Addis Ababa, the, the capital. And I was living in Dubai at the time, working for Emirates Airlines. Some of you might have you know, flown with Emirates. It's only about four hours from Dubai. And then I ended up in the foothills at a small orphanage in a place called Kibana. And the orphanage was designed for about 50 kids. And at the time, there was about 250 kids there. It was the height of the HIV AIDS pandemic. And the children there were about the same age as my son, Zach, at the time. So he was six. So, so I sort of related to to them sort of hung out for a few days, but really saw the challenges that these, these beautiful kids were having living in an in institution and just facing the day-to-day challenges. But in reality, you know, these kids in your futures were the lucky ones. The, the kids living on the streets were living daily lives. You just couldn't imagine your worst nightmare. So I just started working with the orphanage. Um, they didn't have the retro antiviral drugs back then for free before PETFAR, what George W. Bush did in 2003. So then we organised free drugs for the kids. We renovated it. We put in long-term funding, all these things. But like I said, the kids living on the street, you know, really, really touched my heart. So it led me in 2007 to form an organisation called Beyond the Orphanage Foundation. And we had the sort of founding principles that we would look after and love every child, regardless of race, religion, physical or mental challenge, but really working with the community, working with the government, working with local organisations and family, if it was appropriate, to really raise these kids. So bring them back off the streets, reunite the family if it's appropriate and work with them for years and years and years on whatever challenge they had. So at the end of the program, they had the chance of an independent life and in most cases, a higher education, a degree or a vocation. Make huge successful program and today with the beyond the orphanage has five programs in nepal and one in kenya i think about three thousand kids have come through it but i ran the program for, for a long time I'm still sort of on the board of the u.s and australian entities but what would happen at the end of the program is that these amazing kids that we've got brought off the street we've worked with them for years and years and years we've educated them in how to generate an income how to work how to deal in society all those sort of things but in the case in a lot of you know low-income countries, there's no work. And it's really right. you know, working so many years in low-income countries, the disparity of wealth, I really think, is one of the biggest challenges of the world. We all want the same basic things, right? You know, for our kids to have an education, to be healthy, access to healthcare, you know, so on and so forth. But the reality is the majority of the world doesn't have that. You know, they don't want handouts. They want to be able to work. And just because you're born in a remote part of Asia, a remote part of Africa, or a remote part of the US or Australia, wherever it is, it doesn't mean you shouldn't have equal opportunities but like in many cases it means that you don't have those opportunities and those lack of opportunities can be multi-generational um, you know you can be born in a remote part of australia you can be really good at writing code but you might not have that opportunity to work for a company to write code so what i wanted to do from the foundations of beyond the orphanage for all those years that i've done it build a platform which is very ethical and transparent in everything we do but also give equal opportunities for all you know leveraging the internet we have it now every leveraging the cloud and the technology that we have uh, and to launch so that if you're born in a remote part of the world and you have access to the internet there's no reason you can't work for a us or a european company 
It doesn't mean you're not really good at writing code. It means in many cases you haven't had that opportunity to learn. So how can we facilitate that? Uh, and so that's sort of the founding principles of, of Work for Impact and incredibly proud of, you know, what we've achieved over the last two years since we've launched. It's coming up to our second anniversary, which is pretty exciting. I've had some really powerful conversations with a good friend of mine, Trinity, at uh, Era 92, uh, and he's in Uganda. And right. he sort of went down the same path as as one of the you know, children you saw in Ethiopia as a kid, you know, he was, you know, kind of living on the streets and they, uh, and, and, uh, in Kampala in, in Uganda, and they had an organization that, you know, sort of brought him in and, and gave him a laptop, right. And changed his life, you know, and now he, he has his own, you know, company that, uh, essentially does, does these things, right. He trains kids and, and people who want to learn, you know, from the slums in Uganda, brings him in, teaches them, whether it's coding, design, whatever it is, um, they have a nonprofit attached to it. So he kind of starts at a basic level. Hey, like, what do you want to do with your life? Right. Like, you know, this laptop technology brings a world opportunity, you know, and, and if you want to go down this path, we'll train you, we'll teach you. And uh, it's, I mean, he's changed. He's one of the most incredible people I've ever talked to. And I, I, I just say that because you're right in everything you said. Some of the most talented people, you know, that I know now, the people that he's brought in and, and, and trained and they do great, all this great work, right? For companies in, in Europe and America and wherever. Also in co co uh, companies in, in Africa as well. So I'm definitely I, I'm familiar with what you're, you're, you're talking about and the path that, you know, people around the world can take in the power of the internet and technology and just the talent is is everywhere, right? I mean, it's just, we just need the opportunity and the tools for creativity to then mature, right? And talent to to mature over time. I just second that sentiment that that you were that you were talking about. Yeah, I think, you know, good on your friend, kudos to him in Uganda. I spent a bit of time in Uganda. But, you know, and the most wonderful people, they've been lacking that opportunity. So to give them a laptop, to give them, show them, you know, design or coding. We've got to one of our programs, we've got a great young man in northern Nepal in, in Pokhara. And he has a disease. So he spends, that makes his bones very brittle. He was probably spent six months of a year in bed with plasters on his leg. Eight years ago, I gave him a laptop and I could really see he had the aptitude for code. Mm -hmm. and for any time we give the young younger people laptops, we have nanning software on it. And I went to visit him, it must be two years back now. And he's looking really sad. He was in bed, he's like plastered leg. And I said, what's going on? He said, well, they took my laptop off me. And I go, well, why did they do that? Long story short, just through being there, like incredibly smart guy, he worked out and had a backdoor, the nanning software, and then hacked into a local network. <laughs> I said, man, you can't do that. You just can't, but, I, but you know, I was so proud of him. I thought, wow, this is cool. You know, we're going to take that black hat off, put a white hat on. But just that ability. So he just sat there, he's looking at YouTube, he worked it out. So the, it's phenomenal what people can do with once they have access, you know, to that technology, to digital literacy. And it's global. It's sort of hugely beneficial for organizations around the globe and individuals when it's done in a clear, transparent, and ethical way. You know, outsourcing has been around for a long time. It's opaque. Yeah. We've got some large US organizations that will have, you know, have up to 100 folks with us. And they employ people, you know, globally for their customer support or whatever it may be. It's hugely beneficial for them having someone in a low, lower income country, lower cost base but also working through leveraging technology, hugely beneficial for the individual. You know, in many cases, they're earning four or five times what they would be earning through a BPO right. organization. That transparency in everything we do, so you know exactly who you're working with, you know exactly the fees you're paying for. So you know, we've found some really great uptick on 
what we're doing and huge interest, but you know, it's, it's a journey. Well, let's talk a little bit about what the, the platform is. And obviously you kind of had a, a history, you know, being in the emerging world and emerging economies and, and talking to individuals there and seeing the talent. So what does, what does Work for Impact do, right? What's sort of the mission and, and the vision? Work for Impact, it's, we call it an on-demand talent platform. Basically, it's a marketplace, you know, the two sides of the marketplace. So on one side, you know, someone needs a, a job field, whatever that may be, and the other side that you have the talent, and then we sit in the middle. We only work with four-purpose organisations. And when we say four-purpose, it's like a B corporation, not-for-profit, a social enterprise organizations doing good things to the world when as you well know you know with the work that you do when you connect connect passion and purpose you know it's phenomenal what you can get done there's been many studies done that you're three four times more productive when you're working something you're really passionate about so the whole sort of philosophy is connecting organizations which people are very passionate for their cause whether it's you know humanity the oceans homeless whatever it may be and getting the talent to help do the actual work and then at the same time, giving back to the greater good. So for us, we give 6% of all our revenue to, we have currently nine charity partners. And then we've got a global platform with program we call Pathways. So we're giving mm-hmm. back to the greater good. Talk about Pathways for a little bit. That was something that, that sort of struck me. What's that program about? Has that been since the inception of the company? Yeah, it's been pretty well since, since the start. So we always had this philosophy giving back. And it's like, you know, your friend went to Uganda. Mm-hmm. Okay opportunities those young people so we really wanted to open that up in a global scale so what we do we partner with google um, through their career certificate program i'm not sure if you're familiar with that yeah yeah, six months you know training program as you know so that we look our first cohort was refugees here in hong kong from yemen Mm -hmm. and, and from young people in nepal so we offer free training for up to six months through the uh, Google career certificates. And then we work with them on how to apply for a job, how to negotiate a contract, how to turn hmm. up for an interview, all that sort of stuff. Wow. And it's been life-changing for some of these people. It's just phenomenal. The talent that we've come through, people are very shy and nervous and just really working with them, helping them educate. And then how can they work? So we've seen many cases like people earning a dollar, dollar fifty an hour, now earning you know, 10, 15, 20 dollars an hour. Sure. So transnational sure. for them and their orbit. So we currently, we've had, as I said, a program here in Hong Kong. We've got a program in Nepal, one in Kenya. We're about to launch our second one in Brazil. And mm. then we're going to one in, in the Philippines. So wow. only small. We're limited. You know, we, we invest in them. We're not a big company. Um, so we invest in ourselves. But it's been, you know, transformational for, for many young people. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I, love, just, I, I love that the possibilities that the, the other thing that that sort of provides is the optionality because I, I believe with the the google sort of it certificate you can kind of choose a, a little bit of what you want to get certified in correct like it's not just one thing you, i think you can kind of pick you know what part of the the google stack that you sort of want to become you know sort of an expert in you know so it gives that optionality i believe it does and we, we sort of made a bit of a mistake when we first started we tried to push everyone into support like technical mm-hmm. support Mm-hmm. And then some people didn't really want to do technical support. They're more interested in you know, other facets of it. So we've adapted the program. You know, we really learn and then we adapt. But it's been, you know, it's been hugely successful. And it's something you know, we'll continue to, to, to grow. And as we grow, it'll just grow in line with us. I want to talk a little bit about you know, COVID and how that affected you know, your business, whether it be good or bad. And, and obviously, every business had to sort of adapt in a way that they never thought they would have to, or just sort of unprecedented at a global scale. But I think the one 
silver lining out of it was that you know remote work was really put on the, on the top of mind of sort of everybody and, and and sort of the capabilities that that sort of has did you see sort of any any type of whether it's a it was a rush to kind of go to your platform or other platforms i guess you know if you look at online sort of marketplace for freelancers how did that come through you know the pandemic i guess just from your bird's eye view we launched just already the beginning of the pandemic. So not probably the best time in history to launch a new business. But, you know, I really believe in this concept. You can work from wherever you are and, you know, leveraging technology. You don't have to go to the office. You don't have to be in a big city. You can be wherever you are. So I really believe that. That's how I ran Beyond the Orphanage, you know, for 16, 17 years. And the access that you have to talent around the globe, when you have that uber flexibility with the way that you work, and we're all different. We want different things in life. And when your organization really embraces that. So sort of to answer your question, like not a great time to launch a new business. Sure. But what we've seen through the pandemic, it's really sort of proven what most of us knew that, you know, remote working is the future. Right. And how there's no perfect solution. Maybe it's one day in the office or in a remote working space or all at home or whatever it is. It's a, you know, a flexible solution. But for me, it's definitely the, you know, the way forward, you know, driving to an office, sitting in an office all day, coming back. So we're just, you know, month by month, uh, week by week, day by day, we're growing, growing, growing. You know, people really like the idea. They like the idea that how we get back. They like the idea that we're working with purposeful talent. And, you know, we're very transparent. So I think big picture for us organisationally, it's been really approving the concept where it would have taken us a little bit longer. It sort of accelerated that process. When you see a lot of, obviously, you know, having a two-sided marketplace, you get to see a lot of interesting sort of data and companies are hiring for so what sort of skills right and and what sort of freelancers on the marketplace have these sort of skills if you were you know to recommend you know whether it's a young person or maybe you know a person you know that's been a professional maybe wants to do a career change what would you recommend they sort of focus on from a talent standpoint right or what it to learn i think you know right now you look globally for coders or product owners product managers business managers huge short supply i was reading a study yesterday in brazil 60 percent of development jobs will go unfilled this year so there's a huge you know vacuum for developers if you have that aptitude to see code to write code then i think it's a really good opportunity and really interesting you know what's happening in in the space so that's probably the advice I would give someone, but not everyone wants to be a developer. What I would say is it's really important to be passionate about what you do. So more than just you know, the, the generation of income, just do what you're very passionate about, whether it's design, whether it's code, whether it's business analysts, whatever it may be, but whatever you're passionate about, you know, live with that and then the money will come. The one thing that I've been <laughs> really bullish on, because it, like you said, I mean, I think developing and developers are just, they're kind of true. They don't get enough credit for how like amazing, <laughs> you know, they, they really are. And, and I think what I've noticed the last, you know, two to three years, I guess, was is sort of this evolution in, you know, no code platforms, meaning that, you know, you can really do a lot of things without having to learn the code, but understanding what code does really puts you in a great place to work with all these tools that, you know, foundationally have already been sort of been built for you. And then you can learn these platforms of how to connect all these widgets and APIs um, and code together without learning how to be a developer. But there's a, a big 
a big opportunity there as well. I, I don't know if you are sort of familiar with sort of the, the no code sort of industry and, and what that has has turned into. But I, I'm very, I always tell people learn, learn that, right? And then they might want to dig deeper and then eventually want to learn how to actually, you know, code. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea. I think it's, you know, it's a changing space. So, you know, I grew up with with developers and code, but, you know, it's changing, it's, it's evolving. So, yeah, I think it's really good advice for young people. You talk about this sort of digital, you know, divide, and I don't believe it's it's talent, right? It's just sort of opportunity. And when you spend some time in, in parts of the, the emerging economies around the world, is it the lack of, of just internet? Like, is that a, a simple form you know, the lack of high-speed internet and, and maybe where are we at now from when you were, you know, first in Ethiopia or other parts of the world to now, has that really grown and, and become a lot better? I think absolutely. You know, with the 3G, 4G mobile networks, uh, and in a lot of cases, in different parts of the world, 5G networks now. So wherever you are, you're pretty well connected. And access to digital uh, assets can be challenging. So, you know, like your friend, again, going back into Uganda, Bringing, giving someone a laptop or giving someone a tablet or giving them access to it so they can actually learn that digital literacy and then that access to, to the internet. I mean, it's life-changing, it's transformational. You know, I have so many stories about people that we've, we've supported with digital assets and you know, how they're earning really good, good livings now and living in remote parts of, of the world. So it's just that I think it's a combination, not only the internet and you know what Elon Musk is doing as well. I think we'll really open it up. The three, four, five G networks, and then digital access—you know, access to digital assets. You know, as you talk to companies, right, or, or nonprofits, I guess what is their their biggest you know pain point when they come to you? Are they are they looking for like you said before? Is it tech support? Is it you know design work? Is it development work? And is it you know do they want to hire one or do they want to hire a team? You know, we have like over three thousand skills on the actual platform. I think we're like currently at about 31,000 freelancers. Wow. So it's it's quite varied. Like we have some some quite large US enterprise for purpose organizations that have global customer support mm-hmm. through us. So we have a functionality on a platform called Teams. So you can manage quite large teams through the actual platform, but in breaking it down into smaller teams. So you can have your know, managers and account managers and your accountants and all that sort of stuff. So customer support teams, tech support for the not-for-profits. Historically, you know, it's quite hard for them if they want to build a website or if they want to do a bit of maintenance, going through an agency can be, as you know, it can be hugely expensive. Mm -hmm. Going through those layers of an agency, what do you want? You really want that talent, someone to to fix your problem, whether it's a design problem, whether it's a coding problem, whether it's an integration of of a tool. And when you can find that directly on, you know, the platform like you can on Work for Impact, post a job, and then you'll have 20, 25 applicants within a day, find the right person, and then pay them just to do that job, but in a really clear you know, and transparent way. We've found it quite transformational. There's one organisation we've been dealing with recently. It's um, a not-for-profit in Cameroon. They work with, with refugees that have been displaced throughout you know, South Africa or Southeast Africa. They couldn't really get global access for funding. It's, it's phenomenal what they've been doing. I've been working with them a little bit just to really understand it. So through work for Implant, they found a fundraiser in Argentina, highly experienced, but not too expensive, but, you know, $15, $16 an hour. But then through her expertise and her work, she's now got a global reach for them. So the wonderful work that they're doing in a remote part of Cameroon now is becoming, you know, recognised and people are sort of going to donate and support them and follow them. So 
it's, you know, for organizations, it's really transformational what they can do when they have access to that talent. So say a freelancer wants to, you know, sort of come on board, I guess, what's that process? Is that, you know, manually vetted by someone from, from your team? I guess, what's that, what's that onboarding process for talent look like? Yeah, everything, like every individual that joins us and every organization is vetted. So when someone joins us, we just make sure that they are who they say they are through a KYC, know your customer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We go through you know, skill verification. They can be, have their skills actually verified so that your, you know, all your different skills will go through a verification process, um, ensuring a profile is set up, ensuring that the avatar is correct. And then we go through due diligence with all organizations as well. As I said, we only work with four purpose organizations. So we say not yet, to about two out of three organizations that want to join us, which is a hard thing for a startup, right? But we really believe about working with organizations that want to have a positive impact in the world. We think there's potential in everybody and every organization, but at some point, they're just not quite there yet. So yeah. we, we'll work with them. But if the organization can really show the intent that they're trying to change, like some legacy organization, sure. and if they can really just prove to us that this is really what we want to do and we need and expertise in sustainability or SDGs or whatever it may be. And then we'll definitely work with them. More and more of that's coming for sure. From an entrepreneur point of view, when you were starting the Work for Impact platform, right? Like you had to build this. The two-sided marketplace is, uh, you know, I mean, it's not an easy thing to build at all, right? So like, what was your tech background like? like? What did, how did you build this? Did you go to, you know, people you knew to help you build it or did you hire freelancers and then eventually does work for impact like the great thing is like you have access to talent for actual to do work for for your company as well right like so how, how does how did it start and then how is it now sort of building the the technology i don't have a tech background which was which might have been a good thing to <laughs> not to totally understand the complexity of something like this and then to answer your question so i used on-demand talent, which I've done for Beyond New Orleans for years and years, like to do a, you know, a business study you know, to really work out all this work is the appetite, something like this. And then I was really lucky through, again, through Beyond New Orleans, I had a relationship with a developer in Poland who has a software company and he's been really the backbone of us. So all our developers are in, in Poland and just the most amazing, amazing people, really driven by our purpose and our passion. And then we, we built it. So we designed the architecture. We built it um, right from right from scratch coming up. And now for the organization, we get a lot of talent through the actual platform. Yeah. <laughs> we need someone to help. But it's phenomenal. That's great. It's amazing. And it's like we work from people who are from Colombia and Poland and Australia and the stateside, of course, in Europe and Portugal. And it's seamless for us. It just seems really normal. Um, we haven't had you know, meetups due to the pandemic. You know, we have daily stands up. We use stand-ups for the dev team. And just by leveraging technology and the time changes, you can really leverage that to your advantage. So you've got this is a 24-hour mm. work cycle. Right. Everyone's right. working their sort of their own daylight hours. And you know, especially for customer support. You know, we have customer support from the Philippines and Mexico and Europe. Everyone just works a normal day, but there's this 24-hour work cycle. So if you get sort of organized, but the talent that you have available to you globally is just phenomenal. I want to end a little bit on on the future, and I know you're you know young startup, young company, so there's a lot of variables that go into the day to day work, really, and day to day life of of an entrepreneur and a team, you know, so early, so early on. But as you look over the next 
maybe three to five years. What does what does success look like for you? And maybe what are some of the goals you would like to see achieved? It's a really really good question. And you know how do you how do you quantify success? Is is it yeah. for us? It's you know how we give back to the greater good. I think is to answer that question. You know we have some investors. Um, I invested some money, and so we would like to to get a return. But it's you know for purpose and for profit is the biggest thing. And for me personally, when I'm dealing with the folks in the Pathways program, it gives me incredible energy. When I talk to the guy I was telling you about in Cameroon, just seeing what he's been able to achieve through using Work for Impact, seeing the people that are employed through the platform that used to earn $2 an hour working for some outsourcing company now getting $10 an hour, and hearing their stories, I think, you know, what we're achieving is, is phenomenal. So to answer your question, just really the continuous growth of Work for Impact, you know, hopefully we'll be profitable in the next year or so. We're just expanding it. We've got talent in 170 countries now. So we've got 31,000 people with us. We're about to go through a, quite a significant further expansion over the next sort of 12 to 24 months and just continuing, you know, expanding the Pathways program and, you know, offering opportunities we offer to great companies. Amazing, Jeff. I know you're busy. I really appreciate you taking the time. You know, I'm passionate about the subject matter. I've seen uh, technology change a lot of people's lives. It changed my life. And so, you know, keep up the amazing work. Best of luck for, for, for the next decade to come, my man. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much.